welcome to church, everybody. Let's celebrate being together this morning. So glad that you're here as well. Hey, and, and if you're in, the, in the, the rows and there's some room between you, would you squeeze in? Maybe just kind of move around. There's some people still trying to find seats this mm-hmm. morning. And uh, just an encouragement to you that uh, there is another service at 8.30 in the morning. And if you're looking for a little bit more room, come join us at come that. On. So, hey, Amen. online family, we love you. We're glad that you're with us. If you're new today, we're in this series uh, continuing forward today uh, called Counterculture. And we're talking about how Jesus has presented to us a countercultural way to live. As we look at our society and the way that people are living their lives, we're saying this, I don't think it's working. Hmm. I don't think it's really working. I don't think we're getting the life we hope for. And so we're walking through the book of Mark, which is one of the biographies of the life of Jesus. And we're asking ourselves this question, how does Jesus present a countercultural way to live. And this morning's a special morning. You get a two-for-one deal. Come on you get that. twice the sermon. Hopefully not twice the time. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, no guarantees. <laughs> uh, but man, I'm so excited to be joined with my friend Randolph. Yeah, yeah. So um, I know that many of you may know me, may not. If we have not met before, my name is Randolph, and I oversee junior high youth ministry here at ACF Church. Yeah, yeah. Uh, man, and I'm so excited to be with you guys this morning as we're just continuing down this journey of studying the book of Mark and figuring out uh, this this countercultural time that Jesus lived in, and all the ways that he came and flipped the kingdom or, or flipped the culture upside down, how that also applies to our life here today. And so, growing up, um, and even still to this day, I was a rule follower. You can ask most people in my life, I um, am not one who finds comfort in going outside of the boundary lines. Um, growing up, the, the local highway to me, the speed limit was 55, I did 54. Um, and so I did not break, like breaking the rules to a fault. Um, and then I just so happened to marry someone who is obsessed with breaking the rules. She loves breaking the rules. That's how rules, it works out. Um, which is wonderful. And so, um, see, here's the thing about my wife. Uh, I love her so much, and she needs to know that as well. But also at the same time, um, she doesn't care about breaking the, or doing something unless there's a rule to it. So for, for instance, if, if there's just something that she wants to do or something to do, she doesn't care about doing that thing unless there's something telling her she can't do it. <laughs> she doesn't care about diving in the water until she's told you can't dive in the water, and then she's going to find a way to make the biggest cannonball, right? Like she's going to find a way to break the rule. So I'm at a point now where going down the Glen, I do a healthy 68 and a 65. Um, so we're growing a little bit in that. Is that progress or degress? I'm I not have sure. no we'll idea. Figure that but, out as we go. Yeah, but nonetheless, this, this idea of authority is, is what we're going to be focusing on this morning in the book of Mark. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I know that when we talk about authority, and I use that word, um, you guys get really excited, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure you get thought, this is the week I came to church. I'm so excited that I came to church on Authority Week. But as we get into the text, this is really the conversation, and, and hear me out, this is, I think, one of the most po- important things that we can talk about in this day and age. And yeah. at a personal, personal level, at a deep level, uh, for us, I think we all need to answer a really important question, and it's this. Who's in charge of your life? Come on. And I just want, as we're, as we're talking today, would you be really honest with yourself? Would you look at your own heart and be real and ask God to reveal to you the answer to this question, who is actually in charge of your life? And it, it actually makes sense that we're both talking about this today because we have this friendship where we hang out together, we go hunting together and, and spend time together as friends, but there's also an authoritative relationship that we have to navigate together as well. Right. 
And so I'll tell you this, in our culture, that uh, submitting to authority is counterculture. Mm. Uh, it's a countercultural thing to submit to authority. It's not something that people gravitate toward. Uh, what we love to do is to criticize authority, not yeah. submit to it, right? We're yeah. really good at criticizing anyone who is an authority over us. Mm. And I want you to just think about the different places that you find yourself under authority. It might be at work, you have a boss, it might be, uh, you know, in the home, it might be a police officer when you get pulled over, right? It may be a no parking sign on the side of the road. And I want you to think about these situations where you find yourself under authority. What is your response? Mm. And I will tell you that in our culture, the natural response is something like this. That's so stupid. Yeah. Right? I mean, you've probably thought this before where you uh, saw a rule or a regulation or saw a leader acting in a way that you don't agree with and you just thought, that's just so stupid. And, 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 And maybe it was. Maybe it was the wrong decision, but this is something that is permeating our culture, that we hate authority. We don't want to be under authority. And a lot of times what we see in our culture is what's called a top-down authority structure. Uh, It's where we find ourselves somewhere on the pecking order. Many of you, most of you are not at the top, right? And so you find yourself somewhere in the pecking order of a top-down authority structure. And because of that, what you look at authority as are the people that are trying to control your life. They're trying to tell you what to do. And again, our natural human impulse is to think, if I were in charge, I would do it better, right? Mm -hmm. If I were the man in charge, I would do it better. But Jesus provides us a different way, praise God. In the kingdom of God, it's not a top-down authority structure. It's actually a bottom-up authority structure. Mm. It's completely different. Jesus shows up to the world, and he says things like this, the first will be last, and the last will be first right? God says, I'm going to show up to the, to the earth in the form of a man, in the form of Jesus, and he doesn't show up as a king in a palace, but as a baby in a manger, mm. humble, coming to serve. And then when he walks the earth, he doesn't say, hey, everybody, you're here for me. He says, I'm actually here for you. And he, and he, and he holds that posture as the one in authority all the way to the cross, ultimately dying for the sins of the world. And as I think about that type of leadership, I think, you know what? That's somebody I could follow. Yeah. Maybe that's somebody that I could actually gravitate towards being under their authority. And I will tell you, I don't think our problem is so much with authority, it's with bad authority. Yeah. It's coming under uh, this authority that does not look like God. And this kingdom authority is something that I think that we would all really want to come under yeah. as people. Come on with that. Yeah. And so as we're even just starting the conversation this morning, I think just the question that some of us may be having in our minds is what exactly is the purpose of authority? And maybe, maybe you have an idea of what authority looks like in your life. Maybe you hate authority. You are like, I do not like when people are telling me what to do. And during the pandemic, we kind of saw some of this. Like we saw as uh, businesses were having to shut down and they were having to lay people off. Or maybe, maybe for others, like and maybe this is some of you guys in this room where the, the job that you had during COVID just wouldn't work out for you financially. You weren't able to go back to work and you had to find another solution. And what this started was this desire for entrepreneurship. This was the, the rise of all of a sudden now everybody loves Ubering and door dashing because you can make your own schedule and do your own thing and on your own time whenever you want to work, uh, however you want to work. And, and entrepreneurship and these things are not bad, but what came from it now is this, this desire uh, to, to want to be your own authority all the time. And now there's businesses that are having such a hard time getting people back into the door of in-person work because, because people want to be on their own routines and their own times. And um, I have something to admit this room. I'm 25, which means that I'm like the tippy top of Gen Z. 
Um, so criticize me for what you will in that. That has enough <laughs> labels as it is. Um, but being a part of Generation Z, I'm a part of a generation of people who love to make their own truth. Right? Like you, whatever you believe is truth, uh, I can't argue that. And you can't argue what my truth is. Right? There, there is this, this lack of, uh, of, of, of attention uh, towards people who are in authority and who try to speak wisdom and try to speak truth um, because we want things to just be our way. Um, because our way is always the best way. Am I right? Um, no, not really. Uh, and, th- and then another buzzword that we hear these days is micromanaging. Right? Uh, just even as we're talking about authority, right? Micromanaging gets thrown around so often. And uh, let me just say real quick that um, if you are given a task or you're given instruction and you're followed up with, that's not micromanaging, that's leadership. Um, that's actually a form. Amen. Amen. Uh, uh, amen. As my <laughs> boss is next to me on the stage. Um, but that, that's, not, that's not a bad thing. That, that, that is a healthy form of authority and leadership. And um, before I, I came on staff here at ACF, I was actually in the Army for uh, close to six years. Um, this past Wednesday, actually, made seven years since I left my hometown in Virginia and uh, made my way out and, and never looked back. Uh, but behind me on the screen, I think there should be a picture coming up of Look me that guy. Uh, in uniform uh, back when I actually got haircuts. Um, oh yeah, we're going to take an offering for a haircut for Randolph at church today. I'm going to donate it elsewhere. Oh, that's um, because that's uh, not You're happening. Good. But You're hey, I appreciate good. it. But uh, I, I left the military, I left the army as a sergeant. Uh, I was a sergeant for a couple of years before I left. And so um, I, I led seven guys. I had seven guys who were underneath me. And man, I don't know, maybe if, 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 even if you're not in the military, maybe you've gotten a new employee who shows up, they're fresh out of college or fresh out of, out of some sort of uh, school, and they think they know everything because they have the baseline of education. And they show up and they think, hey, I, I, I know what is best. I'm going to turn this place upside down. My way uh, is going to be the new way of doing things. Uh, and very quickly, there's leaders who have to snip that in the butt and say, hey, I, I know you have a very baseline level of education uh, in this thing, but you don't have the experience. You, 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 there's so much to learn in this. And so Listen, if you think that we're just going to be talking about submitting to authority this morning, I want to ask you to not check out yet. Uh, because there's something also very powerful about authority that we all have, uh, and, and that is maybe you're in a position of authority uh, in your workplace, in your, in your families, but what do we also do uh, when we're in a position of authority? That's also something we're, we're talking about this morning. Yeah, in authority, and also I think as Christians, understanding that God has given us authority. Yeah. And this is huge for us, and I think it's something that's lacking today is that the people in our cities and communities are looking for Christians who speak with authority. Mm. And this is one of the things that Jesus was, we, we've already read this in the book of Mark, when they looked at Jesus, the religious leaders and the people in the city were like, who is this man who speaks with authority, mm. right? Like, like, that seems like something that we could hear today. Who is this Christian that actually speaks with authority? And, and I would say that's a problem if people are surprised when Christians speak with authority because we have an authority of God inside of us. So, so when we speak the word of God and, and, and operate in the power of God, people will see that there's authority. And it's a tragedy I think that so many Christians don't embrace the authority of Christ inside of us, not just for others, but also for ourselves. Mm. Like, what are you struggling with today that God has said, I'm giving you authority over that? Yeah, come on. You know, what is the thing that you've accepted about your life that God's like, I've given you authority over that? Mm. And we've just said, no, I feel like I'm just going to have to deal with this forever. And God actually wants to set you and others free. This is the issue, guys. Like, we have the authority of God inside of us to, to set the captives free. And mm. like, we're sitting by watching the world eating itself alive. Mm. 
When we get to, we actually have this opportunity to lean in, to speak the truth of Christ, not our own authority, but on the authority of the one who sent us so into good. the world. In fact, we read in 2 Corinthians 10.3, it says, Though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Did you hear that? Like the, the weapon that's placed inside of you, which is the Holy Spirit, has the power to rip down strongholds in yeah. your life and in the lives of your friends and family. Uh, the question is, are you living in that authority? Mm. Are you embracing that authority? Now, real quick, I got to stop. I taught you three words last week. You remember what they were? Anybody here? So first word, if, uh, if you think it hurts, you say what? Ouch. Ouch. If you believe it, you say what? Amen. Amen. Right? If you think it's for you, you say... Come on. You guys are so good. Look at you. Nice job. I just wanted you to help out my brother, Randolph. I'm a big fan of come on, personally. If you say that, that fires me up. All right, all right. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, so as we get ready to jump into our text today, uh, if you have the Bible app, uh, an in-person Bible, or the ACF Church app, you can flip to Mark chapter 11. We're going to be starting in verse 27 this morning. But just to set the picture, to paint the scene uh, here, I probably just flipped those backwards, but either way, it doesn't matter. Um, to, To set the stage for what is happening right now, Jesus just enter Jerusalem, and he is being praised. Like, the people are shouting, Hosanna. There are so many people. The masses are praising Jesus. And we like this moment in Jesus' life because uh, this is the most celebrated he was during his earthly ministry. So there's something that feels right about this. Mm-hmm. This feels like the way that Jesus should have always been celebrated during his time on earth. And, and with that, meant that he was also, uh, or it felt like he was taking authority away from the religious leaders and the people who were in the temple uh, at the time, the Pharisees and the people who were, who were overseeing the, the Jewish religion uh, at the time. And uh, they didn't like that. They, they felt that their authority was slipping away. And so as we read uh, starting in Mark 11, actually, let's, let's pray real quick before we open up God's word and just ask him to reveal some truth to us this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, God, thank you for your word. Um, God, I thank you that it, it just, it pierces us, God, and that you reveal uh, your character, your love, and your truth for, um, for us in it. Um, God, I pray that uh, you would just speak powerfully this morning, God, and if you are speaking, we are listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus, we praise you and we thank you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 So, starting in Mark 11, uh, verse 27, here we go. And they came again to Jerusalem, and as he was walking in the temple, the chief priests and the scribes and the elders came to him. And they said to him, by what authority are you doing these things? Or who gave you this authority to do them? Jesus said to them, I will ask you one question. Answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. Was the baptism of John from heaven or from man? Answer me. And they discussed it with one another, saying, if we say from heaven, he will say, why then did you not believe him? But shall we say from man, they were afraid of the people, for they all held that John was really a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we do not know. And Jesus said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. Mm. So we can be pretty hard on the religious leaders in uh, the Gospels because we tend to see the worst of them. But in this Mm. situation, they're actually kind of doing their job uh, because as the leaders of the day, their job was to kind of find out if somebody was actually from God? Like, was what they were saying something of authority, something from God, or was it just something they were making up? And so in this moment, they're actually doing the right thing the wrong way, right? Mm. Which is something that we've all fallen into. We're doing the thing we're supposed to be doing, but from the wrong heart. And as they confront Jesus, what they're not trying to do is just ask a simple question. What they're trying to do is to trap him, right? They want to trap 
Jesus. And so they're asking him about where he gets his authority. And Jesus realizes immediately that this is a trick question, that they're trying to trap him. Because if, if Jesus says his authority is from God, then he'd be accused of blasphemy, right? And they would say, well, you're not from God. And uh, they would string him up. And so that was one answer. The other answer could be that it wasn't from God, in which case Jesus was just a crazy man trying to stir up the crowds and create problems for the re- religious leaders. And so they, they kind of put him in a bind, and Jesus, being the wise teacher that he is, he asks another question, right? Not to avoid their question, but to reveal their hearts. Mm. Jesus does that sometimes. Mm-hmm. He's not trying to avoid the question, but he wants to reveal our hearts, so right? And, and, uh, and I want you to just consider something today. As you're asked questions about your faith, mm. as, as you're confronted about what you believe, how do you respond? Mm. Are you willing to seek the answers and have a good conversation, or do you simply shut those things down? Are you trying to play tricks on people just to get the answer you're looking for, or are you willing to actually have a conversation? Because there's a universal truth here, and it's this, that uh, many times the religious are more focused on protecting their position than pursuing the truth. Man. And ACF Church, let's not be this. Yeah. Let's not be so scared of learning something or of seeming like we don't know the answer that we're unwilling to have a conversation. Man. You don't have to pr- protect the truth. The, the truth will protect itself, Come friends. On. Like, you don't have to protect it. You don't have to protect Jesus. Jesus will protect himself. You just have to pursue what's true and have conversations with people mm. along the way. And so... Jesus asks them this question, did the baptism of John come from heaven, which was also a trap for them, right? Because for them, if they said no, it would make the people angry because they all had an allegiance and they, they, they supported John the baptized. If they said yes, then in this situation, uh, they would be admitting his power and they'd be actually coming alongside Jesus in what he believes, which they didn't want to do. And so in a situation where they didn't know the answer, they did what most of us would do. They just kept themselves quiet. Yeah, absolutely. And so I want everybody in this room right now to think back to your teenage days. And uh, if you have ever done something that was against the will of your parents, can I just hear an amen? Amen. Amen. If you didn't say amen, you're a liar. Um, Lying in church. And so I am calling you out this morning. But um, for me, what this looked like uh, was sneaking out. So when I was a teenager, I loved sneaking out. You were that kid. Uh, I was yeah. that kid, yeah. Um, and so um, I would open up the window in the middle of the night when I knew my mom was asleep, and she slept uh, very hard, so I knew she wasn't going to wake up. Uh, and I would go out with my friends and, and do all sorts of crazy stuff and uh, uh, nothing too destructive, but, uh, but nonetheless being out in the middle of the night. Um, and then I would make my way back inside uh, before she woke up in the morning. Uh, and I would always Is try to push that limit. Out no, she's right not now? just okay. finding out. She's not just finding out. It's okay. Um, <laughs> but one day, uh, she ended up uh, catching me, and she, she questioned me about it later on. She was like, did you leave last night, and what were you doing? And I was faced in this moment with the opportunity to admit the truth and, and, and confess what I was doing, uh, or to somehow try to find a, a, a lie or some way to sneak around what was really happening. And I think all of us, uh, in some way, shape, or form, uh, whether harmless or not so harmless, have a story like this in our lives, where we were met with an opportunity to admit the truth and faced with this, with this fork in the road, where we can either decide, yeah, I'm, I'm going to admit the truth, or, or I'm not. Uh, we could choose to hold it back. And, and so again, we want to we remember the fact that Jesus was dealing with people who were losing authority, and they they viewed Jesus as a threat. And in the same way, 
I could have viewed my parents, and I certainly did view uh, my mom at the time as a threat, because I was like, you are holding me back from doing what I want to do with my life, mom. Um, I viewed her as a threat, right, to the thing that I wanted to do. And they viewed Jesus the same way, because Jesus was a threat to them. He was a threat to, to what, what they were trying to do and, and, and the truth that they were believing in. He was coming to flip everything on its head upside down. And I think if we all took an honest evaluation of our lives today, we could think about areas of our lives whether past or present, where we could feel like the authority of Jesus is threatening to us, right? There's something inside of us uh, that, that we are guarding. We're like, God, you can have everything else, but this one thing over here, like, mm. I, I don't want you to touch that. Um, and so I think an honest question we need to ask ourselves this morning is, where do I feel like I have a guard up uh, for myself that is guarding Jesus uh, from having authority over something uh, in my life? Um, but, but even, like, what is authority? Like, not just what is the purpose of authority, but, like, what even is authority? Yeah, and just before we get there, just real quick, what that makes me think of is if you're in a situation where people are confronting you or calling you out, it may be somebody, it may be friends, and there's a time where, where I've had to come underneath the authority of my friends before. Or maybe a boss or, or somebody who is, is in leadership over you and they're confronting you, Here's what happens. This is what I see so often in our culture. When people are just trying to love us, we think they're trying to judge us. Yeah. And so we'll say this. We'll say, stop judging me. You don't, don't, don't judge me. Who, who are you to call me out? And I just want you to know, man, if everyone who loves you, you think that they're judging you, they're probably trying to love you. They're probably mm-hmm. trying to help you to move towards what's true and right in your life. But many times we don't want to come underneath that authority yeah. and we resist it. And so what does it look like to actually experience authority? What is it? Authority, a simple definition would be authority is to possess, uh, uh, is to have responsibility and command. To possess authority means to have responsibility and command. That's like a base level of authority is that this is the weight that you carry, Mm. is that you have responsibility to those that you're leading and command over them. And so Mm. this might look like a supervisor or a parent or a political leader or police officer, whatever it is. Now, that's just base level authority, but then what we see again is that we're reacting to authority, constantly resisting authority. And I want to just, I want to start you with this. I believe that our issue isn't with authority, it's with ungodly authority. Yeah. I don't think we actually have a problem with authority. We have a problem with ungodly authority. We need to see the difference. Because I think if we understood what godly authority was, we would actually seek to come underneath it. Now, what is godly authority? I would say it's three things is that godly authority is guided by wisdom, rooted in love, and leveraged for the good of others. Come on. Now, wouldn't that be a refreshing type of authority that you mm. would find yourself under? Yeah. Can you imagine if you knew that your boss was always guided by wisdom, rooted in love, and leveraging their power for the good of others? Mm. I don't know which side of the political aisle you find yourself on, but could you imagine if whatever person was voted into office in this next term you knew beyond the shadow of a doubt mm. that they were guided by wisdom, rooted in love, and leveraging their power for the good of others. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't that be a good kind of authority? Yeah. And so this is something I think that we're, we're okay with, but we also want to understand that there's, there's an ungodly authority that we reject and that we don't want to come under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and so even like, you know, Brian just talked about what does it look like to have authority uh, and, and I believe it, that to be under authority means to submit to something or to someone. It, pretty simple, right? Um, not so much. Uh, to, to, <laughs> and even to submit to something uh, means to give it power or, or authority, right? It, kind of two, two working interchangeable words there. To speak something into you 
over you and to lead you. Hmm. To speak something into you, over you, and to lead you. And, when, and this looks like surrendering your plans and your thoughts and your ways and your pride. And uh, man, I just see so often it can be so easy for us to be in a place like this and lift our hands in worship and be on our knees and saying, God, we surrender everything to you. God, I surrender everything to you. And we leave this place and we're going back to holding a death grip of authority over our own lives. Hmm. Um, and we see Jesus surrender in the Garden of Gethsemane. When, when he's getting ready to face crucifixion and his flesh, right, our natural reaction would be like, I want to get out of this thing. I want to get out of the imminent death that's coming in my way. And instead he says, not my will, but yours be done. Amen. Charles Spurgeon has this to say on it because this is no means an easy task. A lack of submission is no new or rare fault in mankind. Ever since the fall, it has been the root of all sin. From the moment when our mother Eve stretched out her hand to pluck the forbidden fruit, and her husband joined her in setting up the human will against the divine. The sons of men have universally been guilty of a lack of conformity to the will of God. They choose their own way and will not submit their wills. They think their own thoughts and will not submit their understanding. They love earthly things and will not submit their affections. Man, man wants to be his own law and his own master. Ouch. Yeah. And so the Randolph translation of that says, we don't like giving up our own way. Mm. We mm -hmm. do not like surrendering our own way. Uh, especially in this current day when society is just saying to create your own truth, be your own truth, live your own truth. Um, there is only one truth to submit to, and that can be so difficult to do sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And I, I will tell you that I know it sounds a lot like we're saying, so you need to submit to authority. And although I, I believe that's, that's true, and, and I want you to listen to the Spirit of God because... You might be somebody here today that, that needs to, to hear that. Like whatever the situation is that you find yourself in, that God's saying, hey, you need to submit to that authority. It's going to be best for you to do that in the end. But the question I, I have is what about bad authority, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, we're talking about authority, but isn't there bad leaders? And, and should we really submit to everyone? In fact, uh, during the pandemic, uh, this verse was thrown out a, a lot. Romans 13, 1 mm. says, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. We love that one, right? Mm. For there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Mm. Uh-oh. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, wait a minute. So, but what about this situation? Right? So, so what about this horrible leader or this evil person? Mm. And, and, and this brings up a really good question. What about bad authority or ungodly authority or even evil authority? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and so what we're not saying here this morning is to just leave and blindly follow anybody who has authority. To just leave and blindly follow anybody who has rank or position or power. But also what we're saying is just because you disagree with the decision someone makes doesn't necessarily make them evil. Right. Right? Those, those are two separate things that we need to parse out. Um, and, and so what would we define as evil authority? Uh, a couple of ideas, a couple of ways that you could define it are uh, asserting a position of superiority in an aggressive or offensive or abusive way. And so maybe you have seen in your life where there is a boss or a leader of some kind um, who, has, who has sacrificed uh, the care of the people for the, the results of the company, right? This is, this is obviously not good authority. This is someone who doesn't care about the people that are underneath them. All they care about is the results, and they'll do anything to make the results happen. Uh, another way of describing it is uh, maybe, maybe it is someone who does not have the credentials or experience uh, to be in the position they're in, right? Like this is why people get interviewed for jobs because they want to make sure that you have the education, uh, if necessary, or credentials or experience to be in the position that they are hiring for. Um, and, and so, for example, you wouldn't go to a doctor to do surgery on you if they didn't ever go to medical school. 
right? Yeah. Like I wouldn't go to someone and be like, yeah, uh, I just, I need this surgery done if they never went to medical school, right? And that can be such an easy um, or, or, or soft sounding uh, way of describing it. But I know maybe in your own lives, you've seen this in people uh, who, and you're like, man, they should not be uh, in the positions they are in uh, because they don't have some of these things. So we would call this unwise submission, yeah, absolutely. And, and know the difference between a bad leader and an evil leader. There yeah. is a difference. Yeah. You might be following somebody and they are messing it up big time. And uh, they're just, they're, they're not a competent leader. And this is mm. something that you should be aware of as you're choosing your leaders is we want to find somebody who has character and competence, right? If they don't have character, but they have competence, you're going to be in a bad situation, right? Mm. If they have character but no competence, you're also in a bad situation. We want both of those things. And some people are not competent, and they're just they're they're not a, a an evil leader. They're just you know they're they're just a a bad leader. Other people are downright evil, right? They're they're leading you towards death and destruction, and they're going to bring everybody along the way with them. And so we got to be aware of that. And and also at a I know this is a whole you know, a can of worms to open up, but at a governmental level, uh, there's something that we see even throughout the Bible, something called civil disobedience. Mm. And there is a place for this, uh, especially as Christians. We need to think critically about what to submit to and what not to. In fact, mm. the Bible's full of ci- civil disobedience. The, the Israelites uh, reject the authority and power of the Egyptians who were abusing them and enslaving them. And we would all say, good job, Israelites. We're glad that you rejected that authority. We see uh, people like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, who resisted worshiping King Nebuchadnezzar. And so because of that, you know, they were, uh, they were called out and convicted. And so again, in that situation, we would say, good job uh, not worshiping the king. Uh, we see many situations. Uh, Peter and John, they, they choose not to uh, stop preaching the gospel when the government and the leaders say stop preaching the gospel. Even Jesus himself in many ways, walks in civil disobedience so that he can do the ministry he's intended to do, preach the good news that he's intended to preach, and ultimately go to the cross. Mm. And he leverages that government for the purposes of the kingdom of God, which is so good yeah. uh, in a whole nother sermon. But this Amen. is something we see throughout the Bible. And so you got to know the difference between something that's evil and something that's just stupid mm. or you think it's dumb. So like, question, is it evil that the speed limit on the highway is 65? Yes. It's not... It, <laughs> Thanks, Randolph. Yeah, so it's not evil. You might be like, it's stupid. It should be 75. That's fine. We can argue about that. But is it evil for your boss to tell you that to keep your job, you need to lie in order for them to make money this next quarter? Man. Yeah, that's, that's evil, right? That's leading you toward things that are going to destroy mm. your heart and, and, and your soul. And so I, I see two spirits in the world today that I need you to be aware of. Mm. And it's the spirit of passivity and also the spirit of rebellion. And in the church, we got to be careful about this. And, and I, would, I would just tell you, most of us lean one direction or the other. We either lean towards passivity. Well, they're in charge. I guess I better do it. No, you're still responsible. You, you still hold that burden. Or the other side of things, which is they're telling me what to do. It must be of the devil. Mm-hmm. It must be wrong because I'm being directed in any way. Mm-hmm. And so in a situation where there's a conflict of integrity, we need to really live by the words of Peter from Acts 5.29 when he says, we must obey God rather than man. Yeah, that's so we good. We actually have to submit to that. Come on. 
Yeah, and there's things in our life that we can try to have authority over, right? There's, there's things like the opinions of other people and fear and unforgiveness and pride and the past. Like these things that, that we just try to hold this death grip over because we think that we're going to be the ones that bring the solution to that, right? There, there's so many other things like phones. We are in such a technologically advanced time of existence, right? The most technologically advanced we've ever been. And with that comes this age of social media where we are letting the opinions of other people and the things we see have the authority in our lives. Maybe it's our job performance or how well we run the family or how well our bank account looks or how godly our kids look to other people or how put together I look uh, to, to other people around me and to my friends. And here's the truth that, that I believe this morning about us is that if we were to open up the hood of our hearts, we would all find areas of our lives that we haven't given Christ the authority over. And, and I know I'm guilty of this. I just want to be honest with you guys this morning. There's areas of sin and areas in my life that, that I have to still work hard uh, where it's not natural to just say, God, you have the authority in this. Take this. Have the authority. Yeah. Um, and, and it's easy for us to sit here in a setting like this too and lift our hands in worship and say, God, I surrender. Again, just like we talked about earlier, and leave and pretend like nothing happened. And pretend that he doesn't actually have surrender in our life. He'll have surrender next Sunday at 10 o'clock <laughs> when I do the same thing over again. But mm. the other 100 and however many hours are in a week, 67, I think, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I want to give him the authority um, in my life. And so we believe that submitting to authority uh, can be three different things here. Um, the first thing that we see about, uh, about authority is that there might be somebody in authority over you or next to you. Uh, that may be receiving something from God about you that he might not be specifically saying to you. And so, for instance, when I was in the military, um, I was in the infantry, uh, which is so far from ministry. Um, and I... Um, I so in form of ministry. Yeah. In some way, shape, or form. Yep. Um, and so, as I was getting ready to leave, I had different leaders in my life. Uh, like Brian and like other people um, by the name, someone by the name of Kurt Hartley and uh, Bo Waldo and these different people who had authority in my life uh, or even like some of my closest friends like Zach Munoz and these people who said, hey, I see something in ministry for you. Mm -hmm. I see these different uh, aspects. I see just your, your character and this is by no means me flaunting but saying God was working through these people and saying, hey, there's something for you here. You should check it out. Mm -hmm. And because of that, here, here I am today, and praise God for it. I love it. That's, um, I just want to say, too, like that what you're bringing up is the reality that submitting to authority isn't always just taking you away from something that's bad, but yeah. it's leading you into what's good, it's good. right? And many yeah. times we don't see the call of God on our lives, and mm. so I love, that, I love that you've walked into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that's so good. Um, godly authority is covering, right? Mm. Like you wouldn't leave the bleach on the floor in the laundry room if you knew that you had a little kid that was able to open up the cap uh, and get into it, right? Like there may be somebody in here who you're like, where do I keep the bleach now? Um, yeah. but, but we do things to protect our kids, right? And, and in the same way, God's, uh, God's authority is covering. It is protecting. Um, and sometimes this is done supernaturally. Like sometimes I've seen in my life and other people's lives where they're like, I don't know how I got through this situation, this thing, but I'm on the other side and I'm praising God for it. It's because his authority over your life was protecting you and it was covering you. Hmm. Um, and, and then the last thing we see is that uh, submitting is, is trust, that what you are submitting to has your best interest at heart, that God really is uh, looking out for you. And I know I've questioned my life, God, like, what are you doing uh, in my life or in other people's lives around me? Um, are you sure this is going to work out? 
And, and that's a moment where I have to say, God, I'm, I'm going to trust that you have the authority uh, and that you are going um, to, to bring all things to pass. Mm. Uh, but I think with this conversation now, we also have to talk about what does it look like to have authority as well. Yeah, yeah. And I want to affirm you, Randolph. Just, Randolph, you are so easy to lead. And uh, I want to thank you for being the man that you are, because Randolph and I were talking, and just even just about him preaching today, and uh, you're just saying, man, this is cool that God's, God's just continuing to give me opportunities. And I was just, Rand- I said, Randolph, you have been willing to step into those by your willingness to follow. And it's your ability to follow that leads to your leadership. Mm. And I just wonder for you, have you been a good follower? I'll tell you, I have not always been a good follower. In fact, early on in ministry, um, I was a terrible follower. Uh, I just really struggled to hear from others. And I always felt like, man, if I were in charge, I would do it better. And I know none of y'all feel that way, right? (laughs) If you were president, right, we'd be doing great. Stock market be up, right? Homelessness would be down. Everybody would be doing great and they would love you. Not at all, right? This is just not the case. But we, we tend to think this, and right. I'll tell you what, when I, yeah, when I stepped into this role as a lead pastor about eight years ago, um, I knew that I was taking on a weight. And I heard somebody say once that uh, stepping into leadership is like putting on a 200-pound coat. Mm. And it's a, it's, it's a coat that you wear everywhere you go, and people can't see it, but it's a weight that you bear. And I thought, I can carry that coat. And as soon as I got it on, I realized, man, this is heavier than I realized and uh, heavier than I knew. And actually, in the first month that I took over this position, I called every single pastor that I had followed up to that point and apologized for me. I said, I'm so sorry. I had no idea. I didn't understand the burden that you carried. And this is how it works. If you're in a position of leadership, you know that this is how it works. When you're lower down on the pecking order, all you want is to be in charge. And when you get in charge, all you want to do is give it away, Mm -hmm. right? You're like, man, somebody's in charge over there. Amen. (laughs) I just want somebody else to lead and carry some of these burdens because it is kind of how it works. And so, but you will end up in a situation where where you have power over people. And you will end up in a situation where, and, and here's the good news, this is not my church. And I am not the final authority. Amen to that, right? I submit to my leaders within our denomination, the Christian Missionary Alliance, who also submit to all of the authority over them. And we ultimately, we submit to God. And so there is not a person in this room that is the final authority. Jesus holds that position and forever will. Amen? And so that's the truth in all of this. But what do you do when you realize that you're the most powerful person in the room? Like, what do you do when you realize, when you walk into a situation where you realize that you have, you have impact on these people's lives and the decisions you make will make a big difference in their lives? And, and if, you're, if you're in this room, you will find yourself in that place where you walk in maybe as a mom and you are in this house with these children and you're parenting these kids to the best of your ability and you are the most powerful person in the room. Maybe you're a boss and you have a bunch of employees who look to you and you're, you're, you're making decisions that affect their livelihood, Right? And, and you're leading them, and they're making decisions that affect your livelihood, what will you do in that situation? Well, we model our lives after Jesus, right? Mm. Jesus was, everywhere he went, he was the most powerful person in the room. Think about yeah. that. Right? Every, situ- every time he went to dinner, most powerful guy in the room. Yeah. Every time he was with his friends, most powerful guy in the room. What did Jesus do in those situations? Well, when you're the most powerful person in the room, here's what I encourage you to do, is to serve them powerfully like Jesus did. Come on. Serve them powerfully. Jesus showed up and he served and he gave of himself. And I just want you to know, this is what the most successful business leaders in our country do. 
I, I love reading biographies and uh, listening to podcasts from leaders that have, that have gone before me. I love reading books about uh, the success of different organizations. What you find is the guy at the top or the lady at the top of the organization, they are servant leaders. Yeah. They don't show up and ask all of their people, what can they do for them? They show up and ask, what can I do for you? Yeah. And this is what we start to do as people who want to model our lives after the ways of Jesus. Yeah, that's so good. So as we get ready to close here today, I think that there's one more truth that we need to address. And that is the, uh, the, the overarching authority of Jesus in our lives. And not just little specific areas, uh, but we need to talk about salvation for a second here. And this is the truth that we believe here at ACF, is that you can't give Jesus the authority to save you without giving him the authority to lead you. Come on. You cannot give Jesus the authority to save you without giving him the authority to lead you. Yeah. He came and, and, and he, uh, he came as Savior, yes, but he also came as Lord. Hmm. He came to be the perfect sacrifice and also the risen King who has authority. And I, man, have spent so much of my life walking so far away from that. Hmm. And there's some of you guys in this room that may know me um, well and know some of my story. And some of you guys, maybe this is the first time you're seeing me. So I'm going to share just how this has worked out in my life. Because when I tried to be my own authority, it led to nothing but death and destruction in my life. And so a little bit of my story is when I tried to be my own authority, um, it led to an abusive alcohol problem. Where the only thing that I could turn to uh, to get over the days was a bottle. But when I surrendered to authority in Christ... I received a freedom and healing from this addiction that had run rampant in my life. But I had to surrender Amen. that to him. Amen. I went from an endless cycle of trying to be good enough to receive love because I felt like I was so unworthy of it to receiving the greatest love that I could ever experience and ever know. Amen. I went from anger issues and just being this kid who was so resentful and angry and bitter all the time and always wanting to have more and do more and be more. And instead I received the peace that surpassed all understanding. Amen. I went from yeah. not ever having an earthly father in my life and trying to search so much of my life, trying to, to figure out how to, how to feel like I, I could recover from that and, and being desperate for revenge and, and, and wanting him to know all these different things about how I felt about that. And when I surrendered my authority to Christ, I received a perfect, loving, gracious Father whose name is Yahweh. Come on, that's good. That's good. And so here's the truth today is that Jesus is the only true authority who can perfectly love us, serve us, and call us to something higher. And, And I truly believe, man, there are people in this room right now who maybe you have been trying to be your own authority your whole life. And maybe not some of the very specific things that I said, but there's things in your life that you think about and you're like, man, this was an area, this is an area that I have seen nothing but death and destruction in because I have tried to be my own authority. But when you surrender those things to Christ, he says, I will give you a yoke that is easy Mm. and a burden that is light. That's good. Come to me all who are weary. When you let go of uh, of your own authority, and allow yourself to be set free from having to be all and have it all and do it all. You receive freedom from a God who is all Mm. and wants to be your all today. Mm -hmm. So I don't know who that's for in this room, but man, I lived so much of my first years even as a believer welcoming the saving of Jesus without the lordship of Jesus. And the truth is they come as a package deal. 
You can't have one without the other. And maybe there's someone in this room today who you've never received Jesus uh, before as Savior and Lord. And man, we want to create an opportunity for you to do that. But uh, before we close, man, I think Terminator says it best. Um, mm. Come with me if you want to live. <laughs> so good. It's the youth minister in me. I have to. You got to go there. I have to. But, but, but he knew in this moment that if Sarah Connor had gone and, and tried to do her own thing, come on, I have there. to. If she had tried to go and do her, do her own thing, it would have led to death. And he said, come with me. Like, I know the better way. It's mm, good. And I truly believe that Jesus is saying those same words to you today. Mm. Submit yourself to me. Allow me to not just be Savior, but to also be Lord. Mm. And I will cover you. I will protect you. And I will walk with you and love you. Mm. So we want to help you guys take a next step in your faith today. Um, on your seats, there are action cards uh, that you guys, uh, maybe as we're going into this time of worship, can uh, fill out. And we'd love to follow up with you and, and help you take a next step in your faith. Yeah, I want to give you a chance to just pray for a moment, reflect. I just wonder for you, do you have a spirit of rebellion today? Are you just rejecting the authority of God? Mm. Maybe you're on the other side and, and you just don't even take ownership of the decisions you make. And the decisions you make are making a lasting impact on our church, on your life, on your family, everyone around you mm. is affected by those decisions. Are you complacent? Are you rebellious? Where is your heart today and what is God inviting you into? And maybe today you need to submit your heart to Jesus for the first time. Randolph, would you lead them in that prayer for just yeah, a minute? Yeah, I'd love to, absolutely. Would you guys go ahead and stand with me as we close out in prayer? And I want to ask you guys to do something. Um, man, we talked a lot about surrender this morning and a posture that we can have to show surrender to Jesus to just open our hands and, and say, God, we follow you, we trust you, we hold our lives open-handedly to whatever you may be wanting to do. Um, so as we pray, I, I would just would love to ask you to hold your hands open-handedly. And, and God, we uh, acknowledge that we, um, God, if left to our own devices, if left to our own authority, God can be so destructive. God, we can be so evil. Yet you have a perfect love. God, that wants to be the authority of our lives. So Jesus, I just pray for the person today who wants to accept you for the first time, who recognizes, God, they've come to the end of, them, of themselves and God, they're recognizing their need of a, for a savior and a Lord. God, who will walk with them and, and who also reigns above them and is protecting them and covering them. God, and who is ultimately the final authority. Jesus, I pray that, God, that you would welcome them in today, Lord, that, that you would... Uh, just reveal your love to them in such a, an amazing way, God, in a way that only you can do. And God, we just surrender. Lord, we, ha we ask that you help us to surrender the areas of our lives. Lord, that we are still holding back from you, God. Would you have the final authority um, in us and over us? Jesus, thank you for this time. Um, Lord, you are so good. And it's in your holy and mighty name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Love you guys.